Welcome back to another episode of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. For today's episode, I am joined by Ashlyn Young. Ashlyn, thank you for coming on the podcast today. How are you doing? Great. Great. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. You know, forgot to mention, this is your second time on the podcast. Always great when we have a returning guest. It's been a couple of years now, though. I think the last time you were here, we were talking about uh, Texas's abortion ban and vaccines for kids in schools. So very different than the topics we're going to be talking about today. Something a little more, I guess, in your profession. We're going to be talking about dental care, dental insurance, gum disease, you know, all the typical things you think you would, you know, hear about when you come to Independent Thoughts podcast, you know, gum disease, tooth decay. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, obviously political podcast here, we will find a way to tie these subjects into politics. You just got to wait for it, let it cook a little bit. Uh, but before we get into all of that, we'll just lay the groundwork a little bit here. Ashlyn, what, why did, what industry do you work in and how long have you been in the industry? Yeah. So I, I'm in the dental industry and I've been in it for almost 14 years now. I uh, was a clinical assistant for a long time and then managed offices from specialty offices, ortho, pedo, oral surgery to general practices. And for the last about three years, I have been in the, the sales side of things, uh, crossover to the dark side, but really, I feel like I just get to help people figure out how to solve their problems. And yeah. so yeah, I've been with Patterson Dental for the last few years. And I never thought I would end up in the dental field for as long as I have, but here we are. <laughs> You know, when we talk about healthcare a lot in politics, you know, we always talk about, it seems that when we talk about this, we talk about, you know, major medical insurance, you know, the the pitfalls of that industry, you know, how it overcharges people, so on and so forth. Conversation we really never seem to have is any, anything regarding dental, dental care, dental insurance, the absolute joke in my opinion that is dental insurance but i kind of want to get into a little bit more of that today but you know before we get into that I, just out of curiosity you know i i know that a lot of people seem to get uncomfortable whenever they come into the dentist office you know what are some of the questions that you get the most of when you would work in an office that people just seem to constantly be asking you about as far as things they were unsure of or things that they thought they knew but they didn't actually know like what are some of those questions oh i mean there are a lot whether it's is my insurance going to cover 100% of this or it's typically an assumption of my insurance is going to cover 100% of this right um Dentistry has changed so much over the years that I think a lot of the uncertainty and hesitancy from people in going in is because even when we were younger, and especially when our parents were younger, the dentist was not a comfortable place. I mean, no. it wasn't about making you comfortable. It was about just taking care of whatever needed to be taken care of. And so people have just horror stories from when they were younger or that they have, you know, been passed down from other people in their family, their friends about 
crazy things that have happened, dentists working on them when they weren't numb and, you know, feeling a lot of pain. And it's, it's just a really vulnerable place. I mean, you've got people sitting extremely close to your face and, and looking in your mouth and it doesn't seem like it would be such a vulnerable position to be in, but it is. And so there's a lot of fear associated. And then I think the, the financial portion of it, it's not something that's talked about a lot. And yeah. so people have no idea. They think it's going to be way cheaper than it is. And so then once they get there, they have a sticker shock from something that they need done, or they think it's going to be way more expensive than it is because they haven't been in forever. And so they just put it off and put it off. So I could go into specific questions all day, but I think the general general confusion is insurance or payment. And then just does the person that's taking care of me actually care about me or are they just trying to take my money and go? And I've never really worked for a dentist that was just trying to take their money and go. So yeah, it's a lot of re-education. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I found to be interesting, you know, kind of relating back to our first conversation was talking about what you referred to as UCR fees. And it, it, I want to just like bring this back to medical insurance for a second here, because, you know, personally dealing with, you know, major medical insurance, it, it feels like it's kind of complicated sometimes. And you don't know the difference between what maybe like co-insurance and a copay. And, but what, when, honestly, when you break down major medical insurance, all the issues that you might have with it, it's actually, actually like tremendously better and more comprehensive and seems to, I can't even believe I'm defending the medical insurance industry right now, but it actually is a much better product than dental insurance, which seems to find ways to cover even less. And then they have all these different stipulations in there about things they won't cover. Can you get into a little bit of that for me really quickly? Yeah, I I really wish that, I, I don't know at what age, probably earlier than adulthood, but I wish, you know, when you apply for student loans for college, they make yeah. you take an online course about this is how financing works for student right. loans. And this is how you, you know, calculate repayment. And this is how this works. I wish they had that for insurance on all fronts, medical, dental, and vision. It's absurd that people can be paying for a service that they have absolutely no idea how it works. So dental insurance is pretty simple in the concept of it. Um, but dental insurance has not kept up with number one, inflation, and number two, just actual dental care. So most people have, say, $1,500 in dental benefits. I mean, that's kind of the standard is $1,500. And so people just assume their insurance will just pay until they reach $1,500 worth of work. And that is not it. So uh, like we talked about, every dental insurance has what they consider usual and customary rates. And that is essentially a dollar amount per service that they say is what dentists should be charging. They get those fees from taking surveys all around the country and from other offices who are contracted with them and they take a median price. So, Obviously, a median price for something in, you know, Kentucky is not going to be the same median price in California or wherever else. And so 
that in itself is already a flawed system. But that is essentially the number that they're saying, okay, when you get a cleaning, we think that the dentist should be charging $75 for their cleaning. Right. They're more like $100 these days, but they say they should be charging 75. And so when they say they're going to pay 100% of your preventative services, they're only paying 100% up to the fee that they determine is what should be charged. And so therein lies the confusion. You go in to get a cleaning, you think it's good, you leave. A couple months later, you get a bill for what seems to be a crazy amount because you thought your insurance was going to cover it. And the same thing works for different categories, like your, your fillings, extractions, root canals. Those are typically considered a basic service, which is normally covered around 80%, but again, 80% of the fee that they determine. And then you've got your more complex things, implants and so on. And if they decide they are a plan that's gonna cover something like implants or orthodontic work, it's normally only covered at 50% of that fee right so it's it's not super complex to understand but the vast majority of dentists are no longer contracting with insurances so when you think you're trying to find a dentist who's in network like you would for your medical insurance because mm -hmm. if you go see a general doctor who's not in network they're not going to pay anything Dentistry is not the same. Your insurance is always going to pay the same amount. It's just, if you see someone who's in network, that dentist has agreed to lower their fees to be in line with that insurance company. So, you know, we've got insurance companies dictating what doctors can charge for things, which is why most offices are trying to get away from contracting with them because it's just, right. it's not fair. So, you know, if you have $1,500 worth of benefits, that's great. But in order to actually utilize $1,500 in benefits, you're going to need at least $2,200 worth of work that needs to be done because they're only paying a percentage of things. So I used to have people ask me all the time if dental insurance was worth it. That's no, the question. It's not. <laughs> that's the question, I mean, right? If, if you get it through, you know, if it's offered through your work and you're paying 20 bucks a month for it, then yeah, sure. It's worth it because the amount that you would need to have your regular cleanings and exams done, it, it's going to even itself out. So if you're paying a small amount for it, then yes. Or if you're a person who has a lot of dental work that consistently needs to be done, then yeah, you know, a little extra is better than nothing, but I think everyone needs to go into it with the understanding that this is more like a discount and not uh, an insurance because it only goes so far. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on here. You know, they, the average like benefit that you get, and this is a little bit different first from medical insurance. Again, I want to explain this difference a little bit more. With most medical insurance plans, you have what's referred to as like your out-of-pocket max. You know, like you hit that number in a given year. And then basically after that, you basically have universal health care. You know, just like everything on top of that out-of-pocket max, completely covered, you're good to go. I personally have hit my out-of-pocket max and it was great after that. It was a year where I had a lot of medical issues. So absolutely fantastic 
uh, dental insurance does not have that. They have a maximum benefit. Once you hit that maximum benefit, you are done for the year. It's the exact opposite. Now, on top of that, as you're explaining before, you know, you just, you have these certain percentages based on median prices from all over the country. Like none of that makes any sense. And again, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind right now because I'm basically trying to paint a good picture of our current medical insurance industry to which for those who are not familiar with me, I do believe that we need to have universal health care. But I'm also the kind of person who thinks that in the meantime, we might need to have something that just makes a little bit more sense as we're transitioning to something like that. Like, I don't know. I think maybe dental insurance should be rolled into major medical insurance. In fact, I've talked to dentists over the years, just here in the town that I live in. I've had three different dentists because, yes, I'm one of those people who has asked these questions to these people when I'm in their offices. But they've all told me that they believed that their business would actually increase and it would be better for them if that were the case, if dental care was just rolled into major medical care. Uh, have you heard something similar, uh, you know, just like when you've made the rounds talking to people in this area? I mean, 100%. Like you said, I mean, if you can pay, yes, your out-of-pocket maximum for medical insurance is going to be relatively high, but at least it exists. And, you know, I mean, not many people are out there having dental procedures done for fun. So no. it's not like we're going to have an abuse of the system. Dental insurance doesn't cover any procedures that you need cosmetically anyways, just like medical insurance doesn't. You know, you can't just go get your face done for fun and have it covered under your insurance. That's not the way that it works. So if we did roll dental into medical, I mean, number one, that makes sense because our mouth is a part of the rest of our body as are our eyes and everyone would be healthier. People aren't out there not getting dental work done when they have active infection in their mouth because they're just putting it off. I mean, people are in pain. They're coming into the dentist in pain. They're not able to afford their procedures and then they're leaving in pain with infection still in their mouth. And the amount of times over the years that I have had patients who have ended up calling and saying, I went to the ER last night, they gave me some antibiotics. And so that's yeah. going to hold me off for a little while. It, it's so disheartening to have to sit across from someone and say, you have all of these problems that are only going to get worse. Here's the price tag. Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable to me. And, and, you know, the, the one thing that I also want to say as we're kind of wrapping up like this portion of the conversation, you know, 25 years ago, the average maximum benefit that dental plans would allow was $1,000. That was 25 years ago. You know, had it kept up with the pace of inflation, that'd be over $5,000 right about now. But still to this day, the average maximum benefit per year is between 1000 to 1500 So like any other industry that we are always talking about on this podcast, on you know Instagram with any post we're talking about, it's another industry captured by corporations trying to goose up you know you know value for their shareholders. And so here we are having another aspect of our lives being controlled by profit. So fun times, but unfortunately, this also has a <laughs> terrible effect on all of our health. And I want to get into that a little bit more after we come back from a quick break. Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? 
Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Independent Thought. So before we went on the break, we were talking about dental insurance and all of the fun associated costs with it. And I'm having uh, existential meltdown basically because I had to defend our current medical insurance industry, which has left a very bad taste in my mouth. I might have to go see a dentist after this. But you know, on this topic of bad taste in your mouth, I want to talk about gum disease a little bit because one of the things that you know you and I had talked about, you know, kind of prior to this in our first meeting was how if people are putting off going to the dentist, and a lot of the times that can be for various different reasons, but one of the reasons that I'm most worried about is people not being able to afford to go to the dentist. So they put it off, they develop tooth decay, they develop gum disease. What are some of the health effects that might come from uh, was it periodontal disease? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. So periodontal is just, it, it's essentially your, your gum tissue. So gum disease is periodontal disease. And I think a lot of people just think of the mouth as this separate thing, but there's no magic barrier between your mouth and everything else in your body. It all flows together. And so when you anything when you have tooth decay a cavity that gets bigger and bigger until it's into the roots of your teeth which is why people need root canals and that can lead to large infections in other areas of your body I mean you can you can die from having a, a tooth that's infected that's not being treated um, and the same goes with gum disease a vast majority of the adult population in the US has gum disease. Um, it is always shocking to a lot of people because it's not something that you typically see um, until it gets really bad. 
And, you know, a lot of people, they wait to go to the dentist until they're in pain. And it's like, if you wait to get your car looked at until it's smoking or making a crazy sound, it's going to be a lot more expensive to fix. And uh, the damage is probably worse than what it would have been if you had just gone in and gotten your regular maintenance done. So with gum disease, the statistics for the links between gum disease and heart disease are outstanding. You have two to three times more likelihood of having a heart attack or stroke or a severe cardiovascular event if you have gum disease. There are a lot of theories about why that is. A lot of the risk factors for developing periodontal disease and heart problems like smoking and poor overall health are, are the same, but there are also links or there are also theories about the blood flow that goes from your mouth into the same portions of your heart. And if you've got active infection anywhere, I mean, you'd never go into a doctor and then say, yeah, you've got a really bad infection, but get on out of here. You'll be fine. I mean, you need to treat it. Infection only gets worse. And so people put it off again, you know, a lot of it is money and a lot of it is just a lack of education because we don't talk about these things. And we don't tell people that while periodontal disease sounds really, really scary and it can be if it goes on for a long time, right? it's not that crazy to treat. It, it's more about the earlier, you know, the better. Yeah. And speaking of which, you know, talking about the earlier, you know, the better, you had mentioned to me before that speaking for children, particularly once a child actually has their first tooth, they should actually be going into the dentist. And that's something that I, I never would have thought of. I would have thought that, you know, like a child being, you know, like what, one years old should not be like sitting in a dentist chair. I, I personally would have thought that you would want to wait until they have at least all of their baby teeth in, or they were like three or four or five, or can, can you just fact check my misinformation here really quickly? <laughs> I think a lot of the misinformation it came from our health system for the longest time. Yeah. Pediatricians, so many parents come in with their kids and their pediatrician told them to take their kid in to see the dentist when they turn three or four. You're right. And it seems normal because you think of children's attention span, but when you really step back and you're like, wait, so they've got all their teeth or they've got a lot of teeth. They're eating food, they're drinking drinks, they're definitely not getting their teeth brushed super well. They can have issues just like everybody else can. There's no time frame where all of a sudden they turn three and then their body's like, okay, now you can get cavities. You couldn't before. So the idea of having the kids go in from the time they get their first tooth, um, it's not so much about, you're not gonna clean a one-year-old's teeth with instruments like you would an adult. It's more about patient education, parent education in this case, and getting them comfortable being there. When kids are three and four, they are weirded out by everything. I mean, my daughter never would have gone to the dentist when she was three or four if she had not gone younger. She would have walked into a strange place, said, I don't know you, I'm definitely not laying on this weird table, and no, you're not gonna touch my face, but when we start them young, especially if they're going to a pediatric doctor, that is a fun place to be. They got iPads on the wall. They have got fun murals everywhere. It's a fun 
experience that is more aimed at just getting them comfortable being there. Let them ride up and down in the chair and make a fun game about counting their teeth. And we're just checking to make sure, I mean, you know, they have the amount of teeth that they should for their age. They're not black falling out of their mouth. And we're yeah. talking to parents about how to take care of them so that, you know, they don't need dental work because really that's what it's about. You know, you're not, you're not getting cavities and gum disease by doing everything perfectly at home. It's all about home care. So yeah, it's not, you're not going to take an x-ray on a tiny little kid because it's not necessary, but you do want to get them comfortable being there so that by the time they are at an age where it makes sense to do a full cleaning and get more diagnostic information, they can do it without being terrified. <laughs> you know, now that you're speaking about iPads on the wall and fun games, I'm just like, why aren't all dentist's office set up this way? I mean, I want an iPad on the wall. I want to play games in the <laughs> dentist's office. Like, you know, that exactly. would probably make it a much more comfortable experience for everybody. You know, it really would. I'm just, I'm it just really saying, would. we gotta, we gotta work on this. You know, just national <laughs> iPads in all dentists' office. You know, that's that's the legislation I want to see come across someone's desk. Um, now, in all seriousness, you know, we we've covered a lot of different things here, and I think one of the last questions I have here for you regarding this, um, X-rays, seems as though a topic that comes up over and over again, people kind of being afraid of taking x-rays, especially when they lay that heavy mat over you. You're just like, oh, this must be dangerous. Why are they putting this heavy mat over me? Uh, can you just break down a little bit of the difference between, I guess, uh, an x-ray that you might get in the dentist office compared to maybe what you might get in the hospital and, and how different levels of radiation affect you in different places and maybe why people shouldn't be so afraid of it? Absolutely. I. That's definitely one of the the biggest misconceptions and confusion for people. So often patients would come in and they wouldn't want to have a single x-ray taken and teeth are like icebergs. The majority of them you can't see. So if we're not taking an x-ray, there's a lot that we're not seeing and the outside of our teeth doesn't show what's inside of our teeth. So we need x-rays to be able to help us determine what is going on and what we can't see. So they're necessary to actually have any sort of diagnostic exam done. And they are totally different than number one, they were 25, 30 years ago. Dental x-rays are digital now. It's not as, uh, it's not as much radiation as it used to take to take a dental x-ray. It's about 70% mm -hmm. less radiation with a digital x-ray than it was for the old, I'm not going to get into the science of how it was before, but they're way safer now because yeah. they use so much less radiation. But also you have to think about where you're taking an x-ray because every part of the body has different radio sensitivity depending on what organs you're taking x-rays around and how big is the bone that you're trying to take an x-ray of. Our teeth are very small. If you're taking a, an x-ray of you know, your femur, that is going to require more radiation to go all the way through and capture the image mm -hmm. than taking an x-ray of your tiny little tooth. And our cheeks are very, very low 
on the scale of radio sensitivity. It's not the same as taking an x-ray near your reproductive organs or something else that just statistically shows that radiation affects it more. You okay. get actually more radiation from eating a banana than you do from a single dental x-ray. So it's, there's a lot of stuff in our daily life. If we want to really like split hairs on radiation exposure, there are a lot of things that you should probably stop doing like flying. Um, you can get a full dental 3D CT scan and have less radiation than if you were to take a flight from LA to New York. So it's, it's not as crazy and those kind of, you know, some large CT scan, that's not something you're getting on a regular basis. That's a, right. if you have a situation that requires it, that's what you're going to take. Most of the time you're getting four x-rays taken a year. And yeah. that's really a very small amount of radiation when we think about just everything that is in our life. Just living, we get radiation from space. So... <laughs> from space you know it's um talking about dental insurance and dental care has something that I, i've been interested in for quite a few years now i had to have some run-ins with getting some work done on different teeth uh, a few years ago and running into having to use dental insurance for myself and then also at the same time i was having some issues with you know just medical issues so i was able in real time able to compare my experience with working with, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield and Pacific Source and those, you know, major medical insurance companies, and then also trying to work with getting dental insurance and realizing, you know, for like for major, um, I guess, was like root canals, things of that nature, you had to actually have dental insurance for a full year before they would even let you use that benefit in the first place. So it just felt like a grimy situation. And it's not as though you ever really feel good about regular major medical insurance anyway, but the fact that it was such a dramatic difference was always very off-putting to me, something that I definitely wanted to talk about on this podcast. And then, you know, obviously to have you come on and talk about just the joke that is dental insurance, I also wanted to take a second here and talk about some other things revolving dentistry that maybe people might not be aware of. So I appreciate you coming on today and speaking with us about that, giving us some extra information you know, kind of surrounding this field, you know, final thoughts here for me. I believe that we need use of universal healthcare said this earlier, but in the meantime, you know, while we're fighting for that, which I will always be pushing for dental insurance just should not exist. I'm going to keep saying it. It shouldn't exist. It should be rolled into medical insurance. The same way vision should be rolled into medical insurance. There's no reason why separate parts of your body should have different full-on insurance. It's the same way that when I think with Medicare, there shouldn't be like certain Medicare portions that cover hearing aids and others that don't. It the profiteering off of our off of our bodies needs to stop. Honestly, all kinds of medical care, including dental, needs to be more affordable because there are so many health effects that come from not being able to get regularly scheduled care, and we are seeing that in so many different ways in this country. So. That's my final take on it. Ashlyn, thank you so much for coming on the show today and having this conversation with us. I hope that we will see you again soon and maybe another segment on Independent Thought. Absolutely. And final thoughts from me, 
as we talk about, don't get dental insurance if it doesn't make sense for you. Get a health savings account. Get a health savings account if you qualify for it. If okay. you have a high deductible health insurance plan, you qualify for a health savings account. You put money in there pre-taxed, so it's lowering your taxable income, and the money that you put in it is not taxed, and it exists in a savings account for as long as you would like it. It's not a lose it or use it by the end of the year sort of thing, and you can use it for your dental, your medical, your vision, your everything. Get a health savings account. It is so much more worth putting your money into because it's a savings account, and it's yours, and it's not owned by an insurance company. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you, you can't get your work done. You just have a debit card. You put it on. All right. Well, I do appreciate that final bit of advice here. And for those of you who liked this episode, please go ahead and share it on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I, I guess people are still on Snapchat. I've heard that's still a thing. Uh, so if you're on any of those platforms, please go ahead and share this episode, tag Independent Thought. Thank you for everyone who listened to this episode. We will see you in the next one.